0: Well, I know Matt gave you a greeting, but good morning. Glad you're here with us as we uh, continue on in our sermon series as we gather together. It's just always good to be together to sing songs and pray together, hear God's word, preach together. So thank you so much for being here this morning. Now that clip, uh, as I watched it this week, reminded me of two things. And one is that we live in a world that desires honor. Think about our city. We have an entire museum dedicated to Lewis and Clark and their accomplishments. We erect things like statues, like in front of our art museum for King Louis. Think about the award shows, right? The clip we just watched. We live in a world that craves recognition, that craves honor. But what it also reminded me of is that the world, although, yeah, they desire and crave this, so often they come up just short. They just get to the edge, and they just seem to miss it. Think about what Jim Carrey said. Uh, Because then I would be enough. It would finally be true if he won his third Golden Globe. I could stop this terrible search for what I know ultimately won't fulfill me. Now, I know he's kind of saying it in jest, but i think it's really true and i think there's a sense that he knows that it's really true our world has a way of honoring things of giving weight to things that they're not necessarily bad but maybe they're not as important as we think they are think about Here's a little test. Have you ever watched any of these award shows? The Grammys, the Oscars, MTV Music Awards, ESPYs, you know, maybe you got a a pool together where you're trying to figure out who's going to win what Oscar. These are viewed by millions of people every year, but how many of you have ever watched the National Teacher of the Year award show? Do you have a pool with your coworkers as to who's going to win National Social Worker of the Year? Have you checked your local uh, schedule? I don't even know what you check anymore, right, to find out when stuff comes on. But have you checked out when the the Nobel Peace Prize is going to be awarded? Are you going to tune in to that award show? Probably not. Our world has this strange way of honoring and giving weight to things that at the end of the day maybe aren't that important. And this morning, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what it means to honor people. We're going to look at what I think, and I feel like every pastor says this, so if you've heard this before, I apologize. Look at one of the most ignored Bible commands in all of Scripture as we continue in our series, The One Another's. And during this series, what we're doing is we're looking at those one another statements of the Bible, and we're asking, okay, what does it look like to do this? Now, why do we do that? Why are we doing the sermon series? Why are we looking at the one and I think some of us think, well, okay, God says to do these one and because God's looking down from heaven and he's got a checklist and he says, all right, you're going to go to rooftop second service. Uh, I'm going to make sure you, as Matt would say, blank one another, right? And then when you do it, all right, God checks the box and then he says, see you next Sunday. Make sure you come ready to do it again. I don't think that's why we do this series. I think we're doing this series because we believe that if we give our awareness and our attention to these one another's, it will actually do something. I don't know if you, like, I expect God to actually do things. Uh, uh, I want him to grow my faith. But I, I believe that if we can come together as a group of people and say, I want to create something at Rooftop. I want there to be a culture of Rooftop. And the way we can build a culture is if we do these things for one another. We want to accomplish something. We want to see God move at our church. And we want to create a culture of these one another's. Culture can be hard to express, right? Sometimes it's hard to understand what you mean when you say the word culture. But think about America, right? We have a culture of liberty, What do we celebrate in our country? We celebrate liberty. We celebrate the heroes of liberty. We strive to give everybody liberty. If someone encroaches on liberty, we start to get a little nervous and anxious. We might even get angry if someone infringes on our liberty. Culture, a lot of times, is a feeling of a place. We want rooftop to feel like heaven on earth. Now, that's not just some spiritually hokey Christianese thing that we say. That's what we've come together to do, to give of our time, talent, and treasure. As I was thinking about this this week, there's part of the reason why I moved my family from Texas to St. Louis is we want Rooftop to be heaven on earth. That's why we pray the Lord's Prayer together. In Scripture and how we treat one another is a huge part of building that culture. So let's take a look at another one of our one another's and see what God might be up to among us. Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says this, love one another with mutual affection. And then here's our focus for this morning. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. We want to build With the work of the Holy Spirit, a culture of honoring each other. Honor brings the culture of heaven down to earth. And if we believe that, then it might be helpful for us to understand what honor is. What exactly is honor? The root word, the Hebrew word for honor is kavod. And it's the same word that they also translate the word glory. And if you look at it, literally it means heavy or weighty. Heavy or weighty. The figurative meaning though is to give weight to someone. To give weight to someone, like not like a physical weight, right? But to honor someone is to give them a sense of weightiness a sense of respect. That's what it means to honor one another, to give each other a sense of weightiness and importance. And a good way to maybe kind of get our minds around honor is to think about its two dimensions. There's kind of two dimensions to honor. One is a horizontal honor, a mutual respect that all human beings share. Think about this passage from Psalm 8. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. Every single human being on our planet deserves honor because God has crowned humans with honor. Regardless of what they do with their lives, regardless of their political beliefs, regardless of their stance or this or that issue, they have some sort of abiding dignity and honor about them. The church has fought for this historically, and it's pretty revolutionary. This is not something that everyone just agrees upon, that every human being deserves some sort of honor and dignity, which is why it's important for the church to do this, but it's also why... It really stings and it really hurts when the church doesn't do this. It's a mutual respect that all peoples have. Think about rooftop. When we call rooftop home, when we say, all right, rooftop's my church, rooftop is a place I'm going to be known. You join a group of people who've come together and say, we want to live as Christ has called us to live. And so we have a shared honor among us. But there's also a vertical honor that happens. Horizontal honor that we all share, but also a vertical honor when we give weight, when we give meaning to people who have excelled among us. Think about Maybe a soldier who wins a medal. Think about maybe at your jobs, right? You all have kind of a shared honor of being part of a company, but maybe every year you give honor to employee of the year, lawyer of the year, doctor of the year, teacher of the year, whatever it is. Think about Jesus, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. I'm going to read a little bit of it. It's not going to pop up on the screen, not because I didn't put it up there, but sometimes I like to mix it up, and I want you to listen to these words about Jesus. melchizedek sometimes we lose kind of the humanity of jesus jesus was a man and he received a vertical honor because of how he lived his life because of how he loved people because of how he cared for them because of how he prayed because of his submission because he learned obedience he was honored so let's think about our church life for a moment According to our verse, God's calling us to honor one another, to give weight to one another. What does that look like? If God's asking us to do it, what does it look like to do that? How can we create a culture of that where it feels like an honoring place? Let let me share a few thoughts, a few first steps we need to take if we want to take this command seriously and really do it. To do it, we got to be honest about a few things. First, we have to acknowledge that God is the only true source of honor. We all desire honor. We all, every single one of us, as much as we might try to act like we don't, We want to be told that we measure up. We want to be told that we're important, that there's something weighty about our lives and who we are as people. And that's not a sin. Wanting that does not mean you're some insecure weakling. That's what it means to make you, that's what it means to be human. Why? Because you were created by a creator. You are not self-sufficient. <laughs> you have to eat. You have to do things to keep yourself whole and together. Humans were created to be in relationship with God, for God to be the source of their life, to be the one who gives them that weightiness and that importance. Listen to what the book of Romans chapter two says, but glory... Honor and peace from for everyone who does good, first for the Jew and then the Gentile, for God does not show favoritism. God wants to be the source of honor in your life. That's how we were created. But because of sin, because of brokenness, because of the world we live in, because of choices we make, we turn to get that weightiness from other sources we're too satisfied with just like little shallow favorite like we're just little small pats on the back from the world or the things the world tells us are important we desperately want to be told that we look in all the wrong places the world will tell you well get a lot of money and you'll be important Get a lot of social credit and be important. I think the clearest picture of this is social media. I mean, what is it if not for a lot of people a way to receive honor to make them feel like they're important, like there's something weighty about them? And what does it create? It creates this desperate desire to be seen and noticed so much so that it it destroys people's lives suicide rates are skyrocketing in our culture. Depression is skyrocketing in our culture. Anxiety is skyrocketing in our culture. Why? Well, it's not all social media's fault, but social media plays into those things. It's proof that instead of going to God, we we try to go to each other. We want other people to tell us were important. Jesus says it like this in the book of John. How can you believe since you accept glory, all right, that's the same root word, glory from one another, but do not seek the glory that comes from God, from the only God. If you don't get that order right, if you don't understand that God wants to give you honor, wants to satisfy that longing inside of you, that he wants to give you that meaning of self-worth, that he wants to come down and he wants to speak into your heart and tell you that you matter, that you're important, that he loves you. You're always gonna feel empty if you go into the world for that stuff. You're always gonna feel less than. You're always gonna feel like you don't ever measure up. Because God can love you and God can honor you in unique and powerful ways. Listen to this in Hebrews chapter 2. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. Listen to this. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. Shame is the opposite of honor, right? When you don't live up, when you don't do the things you're supposed to do, when you don't feel like you're important, when you make a mistake, when you trip up, you feel ashamed. But listen to that. I mean, this is powerful stuff. Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. Jesus is not ashamed. When you are welcomed in by Jesus, who welcomes in all people, when you're welcomed in by Jesus, you're given an honor that cannot be taken away from you. You're given an honor. Jesus calls you family. Jesus is not ashamed of you. I look at my family. I look at my daughters. I look at my wife. And there's in me something that bubbles up often I'm not enough for them. I wish I was a better dad. I wish I was a better husband. I need to be better at these things. I wish I could love them more. I'm too distracted. I I care about these other things. And I start to feel ashamed. But Jesus looks at me and says, even though you messed up, even though you're not perfect, even though you make mistakes, I am not ashamed of you. God loves to give honor. And in doing that, it will transform you and it will transform those around you. The best example, I think, of this is the prodigal son. This is a story of a father who has two sons. One son um, comes to his father and says, basically, that he wishes his father was dead. He's, Dad, I don't want to live in this house anymore. I want you to give me my inheritance. I'm tired of living with you. And I just give me my money. I want to leave. I want nothing to do with you. I'm out of here. So the father gives him what he asks for. The son runs away, wastes all his money, wakes up one day and realizes, oh, I need to go back home. But my dad, oh man, he's probably only going to accept me if I, maybe, okay, if I could just grovel, right? If I could just like crawl up there and just tell him how horrible I am and how I'm like, you know, a worm. And, and if you'll just make me a slave, just put me somewhere, I, like, please. So he makes this big speech. He's going to degrade himself. And so he shows up one day to the house. But the father does something he didn't expect. The father runs out to meet him. And the son starts to give this like speech. But the father doesn't even let him finish. The father stops the speech. Hugs him like Rembrandt. So beautifully painted. Puts a robe on him. Puts a ring on his fingers. Gives him a sense of honor. Now, What is that honor based on? It's not based on the stuff the son did, right? The son disrespected him and ran away from home. The son came back and tried to make himself feel horrible and awful so that the father would accept. Because God can give you honor based on who he is, not based on all the things you've done in life. The father can do that because God's ego is not on the line if he feels disrespected. We've all been here, right? You know, I, once in a blue moon, when I do something around the house, (laughs) I, you know, I can't wait for somebody to tell me I did such a good job, right? And then they come home busy and they don't get a chance to say it. And then what do I do? Well, I feel offended. Well, you should have told me this. I should but when my honor comes from god like the son I'm like the father right i'm freed up to love and serve other people if i feel disrespected and hurt i don't fall apart because my god's not on the line because i know god loves and honors me i think many of us sometimes we come to god thinking he just kind of begrudgingly lets us in the back door right Like maybe Matt preaches a great sermon. You feel this, man, I want to respond to God. You confess your sins. You say, Jesus, I want more of you. And then God looks down and says, well, I guess I did say that. So I guess I do have to let you in here. Tell you what, go around back. I got a back door. Just maybe some angel will crack it, let you sneak in. Uh, But when you get in here, don't make a big deal. All right? Like you're just lucky to be here. Don't say anything. Don't make, don't request, just be quiet. I think a lot of us think that that's how God responds to us. But this story tells us that God wants to welcome us in and he wants to give us honor. Because it's based on who God is. He is a God of love. Honor for this father, for the prodigal son, the prodigal father, whatever you want to call it. The rule of their house was honor. My son's come back. He's my son. I love him. I'm going to honor him. Person in this room right now, you are created in God's image. God loves you. God wants to love you. He wants to give you honor. That's the rules of his house. He wants to pour those things out to you. This is what Jim Carrey's talking about in our clip, right? This is what he's talking about. He, he knows this Golden Globe isn't going to fill this, but God can fill it. Whether he recognizes or not, hopefully he does, I don't know. But we know the truth that God can fill that need to give us honor and worth and importance, And when that happens in our lives, guess what? You begin to pour that honor out to other people. Could you imagine a church like that? Men, women, teenagers, kids, so honored, so secure, so blessed, knowing who they are in Christ, that they are in turn looking to honor and bless other people. what does that look like what's the display of honor that has to take place among us what's the one another what what do we need to do well our scripture is to go back and look at it outdo one another in showing honor now this is the part of the sermon I'm really excited about I'm excited about all of it but this next little bit's what I'm really excited about Because there's an opportunity that lies before all of us who call rooftop home. There's a chance, there's an opportunity for us to build a culture of honor. But we have to show it, show honor. I'll do one another in showing honor. It doesn't say, I'll do one another in having honorable thoughts, or I'll do one another in having honorable feelings. It says, show honor. As I was thinking about this, I was reminded of this story. Bear Bryant, famous football coach in Alabama. He had a coach on his staff he was really close with, really good friends with. But the coach never really knew how much he meant to Bear Bryant until Bear Bryant died. And months after his funeral, Bryant's wife writes a letter and sends it to the coach talking about how much Bear talked about him at home but the man never knew it. Now, how sad is that? To be so close, but never say it. To think, to know that, yeah, we're friends, we get along, but to never know the depth of that relationship. And this is kind of like a freebie, but I wonder this morning who in your life Needs to know that you love them, that you cherish their friendship, that you think they are important and meaningful and have weight. Now, the Greek word here for showing is interesting. It literally means to lead the way before. I love that. Outdo one another, lead the way. It's a competition. I know sometimes in church, we don't like to talk about competitions. I understand that. I think it's important that we keep those things in balance. But right here, it says, outdo one another. Do it. Compete. Lead the way. But someone has to do it. And I wonder, who's going to be the one who does it for us? Who's going to be the one that leads the way? Well, it could be me. It could be an elder, it could be a deacon, it could be youth, it could be rooftops, it could be moms, dads, it could be people who are single, it could be greeters, it can be any one of us. We all have to do it, outdo one another. The Bible, listen, I don't think we realize how unique this is. There are parts of the Bible where we talk about spiritual gifts, where God says we need to show moderation in how we use that gift. But here he's saying, I'll do it. Go for it. No one can get honored too much. You can never show too much honor as a person. We could do that among us. We could build that culture of honoring. And in doing that, Rooftop will come even more alignment than it already is this place will start to feel and look like heaven on earth. Let me spell it out, maybe how to do this. I want to tell you a story. I experienced for a brief time a culture like this. My friend was a part of a church and lived in Nashville called Emmanuel, and I got to go spend a, a couple months with him. And on Tuesday nights, the men of the church would get together for three purposes. They said doctrine, confession, and honor. So on Tuesday nights, we'd go to the church. You know, my first Tuesday, I'm, okay, this sounds interesting. You know, I'm way more interested in the Bible study. I'm like a Bible guy. Oh, doctrine, let's do it. You know, we go down into the, the basement. They got these horrible metal folding chairs. It's like barely lit. I'm like, oh, when's the doctrine? I'm so excited. I know this pastor. I want to hear what he has to say about this thing or that thing. And the pastor said, all right, let's let's show honor. Let's outdo one another in showing honor. Let's get after it. And in that moment, I mean, hands shot up all over the place. And for the next 15 to 20 minutes, men looked at each other in the eyes and said things like, here is where I see Christ in you. Hey, last week, I really needed you and I called you and you were there for me. And it reminded me of how much Jesus loves and cares for me. There was zero sarcasm, there were no jokes, there were no put downs. Now, uh, as someone who pr- used to primarily communicate through sarcasm and put downs, uh, it felt really strange at first. It was like, ah, oh, come on, give me a break. But the more I sat in that environment, The more I saw that they were serious, now they weren't saying they were perfect, right? There was confession time. So they talked about where they lacked. They talked about where they fell short. But the more I sat in that culture, I couldn't imagine doing anything else with my Tuesday night than being a part of that. And in this small, weird way, it made me feel honored just to be in a room with people like that. And it then made me feel like, wow, I, I'm part of this. This is incredible. What I'm saying this morning is not, oh, it would be great if rooftop would like that, would be like that, right? Wouldn't that be a great thing? I'm saying that rooftop has to become that. We have to be a place where we move towards one another with joy and honor. Honor means you're in some sort of small group, you're in some sort of serving team, you're in some sort of proximity with another person, and either they look at you or you look at them in the eye and you say, I see Jesus in you here. I see the way you serve youth on Sunday nights. I noticed that when you were patient with that person who was belligerent and angry, that person who was struggling, it made me see a picture of how Jesus would respond. And I want to honor that in you today. When I see you take time to talk to my kids and get on their level and say, hey, it seems like such a small thing, but it reminds me of how Jesus welcomes in children and welcomes in me. And I just want to honor you in that. That's what it means to show honor, to look at someone in the face and give them weight. Now he says, outdo one another in showing honor. We do this at men's breakfast when we have them. So, uh, This is a joke that the guys won't get, but for everyone else, I'm going to go and start the competition and I'm going to get up one. All right. Perry Mueller is a man who attends our church and he is a man who deserves honor. There's been multiple times in my life, my year here. uh, I'm not the most handy person. I've needed help. And he comes over like he's there. And that's great. And that's awesome. But there's something deeper about him that I've noticed is He visits people who are sick. He gives widows rides to and from their appointment. Is he a perfect human being? No. But when I see him love people that way, it shows Christ to me. And it makes me feel like I'm so glad he's part of our church. That puts me up one on every one of you. I'm going to go ahead and go up two here in a moment. Jessica Del May. A woman at our church. If you don't know Jessica Delmay, you need to get to know her. She volunteers a lot, right? She helps at Tots, She leads a small group. That's commendable and awesome. And I honor her in that service. But what really gets to me, what I really see Jesus is when she talks about loving the kids at Rooftots, or when we sit in my office and she talks about the women of her group. And I could tell she's thinking about how to love them And in those moments, I get a picture of, man, Jesus loves me even greater than Jessica Delmay loves her ladies. That puts me up 2-0 in the competition of honoring one another.